As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Specters, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, Sam who is tweeting right now, making sure everybody knows to join us for the live show. And uh, welcome to all of our live audience. Sam, we got to talk about more doctors today. Who are we talking about in this episode? More doctors, my favorite profession. (laughs) That is a joke because my partner is a doctor. So So you hate your profession, is that what you're saying? I explicitly and exclusively date doctors. No, that's that's not true at all, actually. But (laughs) we are talking about not my partner today. Uh, We are talking about Dr. Chloe Michelle. And I guarantee you we've got some shady details about her that some of you don't know or haven't yet realized. Okay. All right. Can we like like what? Can we just like we can just get into this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. So for this to make sense, let's recap the basics real quick. She's a child of an Alliance family. Both of her parents were medics in the military. But unlike Dr. Chakwas, who we talked about last week, she went into private practice and awesome caring for civilians. Oh, rec- for nine months. Oh, no. I, you know what? I tried. Okay. So. I tried real quick here. We get the notifications. Thank you, Awesome Ninja, for subscribing. I went in to my notification settings and turned off all of the sounds. I promise. I did that today before the show, and I'm still getting sounds. So I don't know. Maybe there's a ghost in the machine. I don't know what's going on. But there is a ghost in the shell. There's a ghost in the shell. All right. Thank you, Awesome Ninja, for for the sub. All right. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so she she went into private practice caring for civilians. Uh, there's not much more to her origin story before we meet her in Mass Effect 1. According to her, though, she was fired from her last clinic for handing out free medical supplies, which paints her in pretty good light, right? She's uh, the, the, you know, uh, very selfless, you know, doctor of the people, handing out free medical supplies, caring for the poor. So Mm -hmm. that's what we know about her origins from her. 
Okay. But there's more. Okay. And it's not all altruistic. Okay. So, so let's dive into that then, because I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you're saying she has a darker side. I would say so, or at least a level of doubt that one might have. There are some details she isn't too forthcoming about, which makes me think that she much she's much more nuanced than the than just the kind, selfless, featured extra practicing medicine for the lower classes in the wards on the Citadel. But that's where we meet her in Mass Effect One, and it's also how a lot of us meet Garrus. We walk into her clinic and she's being held up and extorted by thugs. We find out it's because she he knows something about Tally's whereabouts. That's important because Tally has incriminating evidence on Saren and Benazia. Oh. If you remember, it's that it's that uh, that video or that audio recording, you know, uh, of Saren talking about the beacon and then uh, Matriarch Benazia replying. This is part of what Garrus was investigating for CSEC. He was trying to catch Saren with his hand in the honeypot. Right. Uh, and so it, it's Michelle immediately becomes this crossroads for several major characters in the series right off the bat. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, cool. So, yeah, keep going. So we walk into this hostage situation, right? And Garrus fires first. And he's a crack shot. Thank God he he is, because otherwise he would have taken off uh, Michelle's head. He pulls an original Han Solo. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the Han Solo. Not the the revised Han Solo where he doesn't shoot for it. Yeah. Some people (laughs) were going to know what I'm talking about. I'm sure a lot of you are. All right, go on. He hits the thug in the face and he kills the guy who was threatening to shoot Dr. Michelle. And then we talk to her and we find out that she treated Tally, who was running from Saren's thugs and was wounded on the Citadel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then then Tally stumbles into Michelle's clinic to ask for help. And Michelle tells her that she's safe there. And Tally recounts this entire journey she's been on to Dr. Michelle. This is actually fully explained in one of the Homeworlds comics. uh, And I encourage everyone to go check it out because this comic also shows us how Dr. Michelle encourages Tally to then take that evidence against Saren to the Shadow Broker's agent, Barla Vaughn, and arrange protection with a seedy nightclub owner named Fist. So she's like the like a center point for so many of these little quest lines and stories. Isn't it weird? Because how yeah. often do you actually think about Dr. Michelle? I, I rarely do. Not, not, no, not, not often at all. Like she's one of those characters you, you interact with, but you don't really like the stories don't explicitly say because Dr. Michelle told me this thing and then like draw you to that piece of it. Right. Like. Yeah, this is stuff you really have to pay attention in order to really fare it out. And why is this doctor who's seemingly just handing out free medical supplies to lower classes on the wards and taking care of the poor? Why is she arranging a whistleblower against a specter to go and arrange protection with a seedy nightclub owner who is also on the shadow brokers payroll, (laughs) which she knows about because she assures assures Tally you'll be safe there. I mean, it sounds like she's taking a lot of risks. <laughs> this doesn't sound like yes. like a safe thing to do. No, M- Michelle has some weird connections for sure. And it's weird she trusted the Shadow Broker and Fist to protect a wounded Corian with important information. So anyway, surprise, the seedy nightclub owner turns on the Shadow Broker and allies himself with Saren, betraying Tally's trust too, and then hunting her down for the evidence. So thanks, Dr. Michelle, for the totally legit reference that we really never hold you accountable for. 
<laughs> makes me question Dr. Michelle's judgment for sure, and also if she's been telling the, the player the truth about her own past, which, given some other things that Shep finds out about Dr. Michelle, it could be possible. So, so you mentioned Dr. Michelle led Tally to trust the shadow broker, broker in Fist. Man, words are hard. Uh, but she might have an even shadier past than that. Like, this isn't... This, there's more here? Yes, there's more. And I say that because of her connection to someone named Armiston Baines. But wait, there's more. Okay, so I don't know this name. Who Armiston Baines. Who is this? So I don't blame you that you don't know this name. And this is an easily missed name because it's part of pretext to a side mission where you save Admiral Kahoku's Marines. It's a separate side mission called Citadel colon Dr. Michelle. And you only get this lead if you go back to her clinic after that whole hostage debacle. And before you do another side mission called UNC missing Marines. So this one's like it's really easy to miss. It is. And I've missed it. I missed it for the first I don't know how many playthroughs that I did. And then I remember finally getting to it. And I'm like, whoa, Wait, what is this? <laughs> what who is this, this Armiston Baines? And what is this conspiracy? Okay, and I okay. got to figure this shit out. Yeah. And so you find out someone's blackmailing Dr. Michelle. You walk back into the clinic after this this hostage debacle before you ever talk to Admiral Kahoku. And you overhear someone blackmailing the doctor. This is when she tells Shepard that she was fired from her last job for handing out free medical supplies. And she says she's worried if her past gets out, she could lose her medical license and have to shut down the clinic. Because she's been doing some shady stuff. Apparently so. And, yeah. and the reason that she tells us is she's been handing out these free medical supplies. Mm -hmm. So Shepard can go talk to the person who's apparently blackmailing the doctor, which is Moreland at Moreland's famous shop. You'll find many, many goods. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I forget what he says. Yeah, You'll yeah. find many, many fine goods. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got that anyway, voice. That's a shop that kind of voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all it's like halfway between here and, and your robot voice. Uh, <laughs> buddy buddy bot? Bot. Yeah. Wait, yes. Yeah. That's here. Yeah, that's kind of almost like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And much faster. So then, anyway, you go down to Moreland's famous shop and you talk to him in the lower wards. And then a Krogan steps in and interrupts and mentions something to Moreland about Baines said you'd screw this up. Uh, that's the first time we hear Baines's name. So then the Krogan says he works for this Baines guy. And you're like, who the hell is that? And you can diffuse the situation with a Krogan, which it takes a pretty high level speech check, if I remember right. Uh, for that point in the game anyway, or you can fight the Krogan. Either way, you go back to Michelle and her problem's solved. She's no longer being blackmailed. Uh, mm. But the blackmail was to reveal Michelle's, quote, little secret. And we rely on Dr. Michelle to tell us what that secret was, which she says was giving out the medical supplies for free at her last job. Mm -hmm. Okay. But here's where things get questionable. We can ask Dr. Michelle about who Baines is, and she seems surprised and guarded about it, saying only that she used to work with a Baines a long time ago, and the last thing she knew, Baines was working on an Alliance research contract in the Attic and Traverse. Now, for those of you who are well-versed in the proper nouns of the Mass Effect universe, 
you already know this, but for those of you who don't, the Attic and Traverse is kind of the wild west of Citadel space, being located right next to the completely lawless Terminus systems. So this Baines guy was working on an alliance research contract out in the wild west on the frontier of, of human uh, alliance space. And Michelle doesn't really say what she used to do with him, but she used to work with this guy. And apparently this guy is now trying to ultimately blackmail her through a Krogan uh, person on the Citadel for for what? For for free medical supplies? Yeah, that doesn't and this doesn't add up. It's also it's one of those like, yeah, sort of kind of maybe know that guy. Medic, I'm just going to I'm not doing anything shady. Just uh, don't pay any attention to me. Right. Like, right. And, that's and, how it comes and, across. And maybe it's the journalist in me speaking, but someone's full of shit here. <laughs> Someone is jerking me around, me being Shepard. Is that is that a common phrase in around the office? Uh, <laughs> like among journalists. We have color. We have colorful ways to put it. Uh -huh. um, these uh, interviews are not consistent. Yeah, things like that. Uh -huh. uh, so, uh -huh. so yeah, we, we have colorful ways of putting it. But someone's not telling the truth, or someone's not being completely forthcoming. And it's no surprise probably to you, but maybe it is to other people that there's a lot of people who think that you can jerk around journalists and manipulate the press and they won't catch on. Right. But it's literally our job to catch on. It's the, yeah, I mean, there's like there's like detectives, like law enforcement detectives. And then there are journalists like they're like just one right. peg down down the thing. Right. Like you may not have the uh, clearance that somebody like an officer does to get into a crime scene or something like that. But you sure do have the training of putting together, you know, the string on the board in order to like connect all the dots. Right. Right. I won't try. I won't pretend to speak for all of us, but most of us have a pretty good bullshit meter. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we can indict you on, a, on a, an official charge like a detective can. But mm -hmm. we we generally know when someone's trying to deceive us. Historically, there are um, a lot of big cases that have been broke, broken, like figured out by journalists and then processed by legal. Yes. So that's, and that, very that's also a byproduct of red tape um, surrounding detectives that not all of it applies to journalists. Um, sure. But this being said, some some shady stuff going on. But for the for the sake of argument for now, why don't we just attribute it to inconsistent writing? Right. All right. Yeah. Maybe it's just inconsistent. That, that can happen. Sometimes they just don't finish a storyline or they give us a thing and it, it's a filler and then doesn't go anywhere. But there's more. But there's more. All right. Well, we're going to do the mid break. We're going to go thank our patrons and we will be back with more shady stuff. So don't go anywhere. I am so excited about our sponsor this week. Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. Man, that that dialogue always sounds so freaking cool, <laughs> like real loud in my headphones. Um, the voice is oh, so good. Well, we have some new patrons to welcome onto the Patreon. We have Simone M and Devin A. Welcome aboard. Thank you for joining us. I hope you guys are enjoying your ad free episodes or any of the other stuff that you're getting, depending on the tier that you're at. And we need to shout out all 70. We're up to 70. 70 patrons, thank you for your support, and our shepherd tier patrons who get shoutouts every week. Kolkashins, Kira C, Lieutenant Tusino, Shep Valkyrian, that's Spectre J, and William. Thank you so much for all of your support. And uh, I, I do know that some of the t-shirts will be going out very soon to people, so some of the new ones that are now part of the, the new cycle. So be ready for that stuff. It's going to be awesome. Um, we have some new reviews as well to get into. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you want to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. That's where you can go, go do it. So our first new review, we've got two of them this week, is from this nickname was taken also in the United States, who writes, great podcast, fun, educational, and engaging. I started this podcast a few weeks ago, so I am a bit behind. So far, I'm really enjoying it. These guys are fun and engaging. I started playing Mass Effect when I was 12. I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. I've played through the games easily 30 plus times. Even with all of those playthroughs, I'm still learning things from this podcast. They have inspired me to start listening to, to the books, and I have gotten the comics and are reading them. Highly, highly recommend this podcast. That's awesome. We just mentioned uh, some of the some of the books and stuff today in this episode already. So go check that stuff out. Thank you so much. This nickname was taken also. Uh, then we have one more from L.D. Mortensen in the United States who writes, Brace for Impact. I've been playing Mass Effect since its release. It's my favorite game series of all time. These guys have a way of making the lore fun and interesting while making you think about the broader implications of how it would relate to the real world. Morality, compassion, religion, science, and history are just some of the points of view that make you say hmm thank you so much ld mortensen if you'd like to leave us a rating and review on apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on the future episode for five star reviews you can also leave us a rating on spotify 
both of those are extremely helpful or just tell your friends tell your friends hey i really like this podcast go listen to it we would really appreciate that oh also go check out the youtube channel it's exploding it's blowing up so uh and you can see our wonderful faces and sometimes we'll have video and stuff on there as well so go check that out out as well and sam you've got an announcement about our episode 100 I do. So ahead of episode number 100, we're on 95 right now. Uh, So we've got about five weeks or so, give or take the holiday, until episode 100. And so ahead of that, we've put out a survey and we are asking you, the listeners, for the best moments of the show so far. What's your favorite moments that we've covered? We're doing this because we want to put them together for a celebratory look back at the funniest, most moving, impactful moments that we've all shared together so far. Uh, And so we've included this link in the show notes and it would help us immensely if you could just go to the the survey. It's it's three questions. Uh, Just tell us what episode it was from, what's the moment, and if you can take a note of the timestamp or rough ballpark of when in the episode it happens it will help us immensely in editing because we're going to go and rip the audio from those episodes and put it together for a hodgepodge of the best moments and uh if we don't have if we don't have any clue when it is we don't really have the time to listen through hours and hours of audio it would be very difficult to edit together this is basically like uh an 1980s sitcom where they do the episode where they go back and they're like these are all the highlights from the whole rest of the season <laughs> so we're yeah like exactly an now. I, I actually got the idea from family guy yeah uh, sadie so. cakes uh, sadie cakes mentions a timestamp from which platform whatever platform you're listening on just give us roughly what the timestamp is it's gonna be a little different depending on things like which ads played and how long the ads ran or if, if ads played at all but at least it'll give us a time frame of within like a minute or two of where the the quote actually is for us to find it so thank you for asking yeah um and there's also a planet card planet card today. Yes, it's planet card time. We should have a, like an audio effect for that. Planet card time. Planet card. I can BuddyBot can join us. Planet card time. <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> so, try to say this planet's name five times fast. Thuna Wanuro. Thuna Wanuro. Thuna Wanuro. Thuna Wanuro. Thuna Wanuro. Thuna Wanuro. There we go. That was close. Thuna Renuro. It is a strange island of peace in the lawless terminus systems. Thuna Renuro is a planet of crushing gravity but abundant life. As its ponderous name indicates, it was colonized by the Elcor, <laughs> who have several booming industries on the planet. Hydroelectric dams and biofuels from tough woody algae provide much of the planet's energy. Look at those eco-conscious Elcor. Mm-hmm. Mines export uranium thorium and gold taken to space with generous use of mass effect fields of course pirates target the Elcor's shipping as soon as it leaves orbit oh, <laughs> but, the Elcor, but the Elcor <laughs> that's in the deal. planet card that's in the, the <laughs> yeah that's Elcor. in the planet card oh man um but the Elcor's deals with mercenary companies keep away all but the most foolhardy of attackers I wonder if um, Zaid ever preyed on the Elcor. Probably. <laughs> Probably. So the significance of all this as it pertains to medicine is there is a little disease in the Mass Effect lore called the Thuna Wanuro Megafluenza. Wow. <laughs> Megafluenza. Megafluenza. Thuna Wanuro Megafluenza. <laughs> Be there. Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's referenced in the external media as basically the flu for Elcor. Which, I mean, can you imagine the sneezes and the sheer amount of snot coming out of their gills? <laughs> oh, my God. I am picturing now, 
a, an Elcor driving one of those really big trucks with the big wheels, a monster truck. And that's the name of the monster. You know, there's like Bigfoot and like this. this Grave is a, digger. You know, one Nero Megafluenza this Sunday. And he's like sneezing <laughs> out the window. Sickly. I'd <laughs> like you to be there, human. <laughs> I'm going to crush the competition. Push your butt. <laughs> like, but just snot comes out. <laughs> Deathly ill. I may not make it out of this alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spread my disease with my giant tires. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> that's I think that's it for the mid part of the show. Man, this went this went crazy. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the episode. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. <laughs> Damarar in chat says, sounds like a Rick and Morty ad. Yeah, the, the channel where they get like the multiverse s- s- channels and everything's crazy. Yeah, that, that does sound like that. All right. So you said there's more shady stuff. Yeah. So the Baines guy, uh, Shepard can investigate, doesn't have to leave it there. And if you do, you go to talk to Anderson and you ask if he knows anything about this Baines guy only for Anderson to get oddly defensive and like snap on Shepard and say, you know, how do you even know that name? And then he corrects himself and says, you know what? I don't want to know how you know it. And it's like, what the hell was that? That's super weird, too. Right. So Anderson only tells us like a couple big things about Bane. Number one, that he was working on a classified project. And number two, that he's actually been dead for a while now. But most people don't know that. But somehow he knows. But somehow he knows. Yeah. Well, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me because he is pretty high in the echelons sure. of the. But but cares enough military. to know like this, this mm-hmm. the, the life or death of this person is important enough for somebody like Anderson to be filled in on that information. Yes. And right. it was a, he was working on a classified project, which we still don't know what it was about. And then Anderson tells Shepard that Alliance Marines have found Bane's body on a desolate ship floating through the Artemis Tau cluster. Now, this is another throwaway proper noun of a location that a lot of people won't think about or even know enough about because of how early this comes in Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. But the significance of it being in the Artemis Tau cluster is that that cluster is, again, on the frontier of Alliance space, and it's known for mercenary groups, pirates, and Alliance recon operations, along with prevalent rumors of Prothean ruins being in the system. And Elcor Mega Trucks. And Elcor mega trucks. They're not even monster me- trucks anymore. They're mega trucks. <laughs> the mega fluenza trucks. Yes. Uh, so it's it's all pretty peculiar. Did we just design body- a new T-shirt? I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll stop. I think we might have just designed a new T-shirt. What if there's a Volus riding the Elcor as the monster truck? Oh my truck? god. Oh, and he's got like and he's on like he's holding like wheels, wheels with yeah, giant fists, yes. yeah, big old fist wheels. Yes, I see it. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on, <laughs> grave digger. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. Or grave digger. Grave digger. Uh, <laughs> anyway, most people probably don't realize that about the Artemis Tau cluster, and it is peculiar that Bane's body was. Uh, like alone on a desolate spaceship floating through this cluster and that's where marines found his body because he had gone missing and what's more anderson says the marines who found his body then go missing 
So, okay, these are like red flags on top of red flags here. Right. So the, the entire time that I'm hearing about this while I'm playing it through, I'm thinking, what the heck happened there? And who is this guy? So that leads Shepard to a guy named Rear Admiral Kahoku. That's the person whose team found Bane's body. We ultimately find out that Cerberus leads these Marines to their demise with a fake distress beacon in a Thresher Mon nest. Mm-hmm. Okay. This has special significance to a to a shepherd who has chosen the soul survivor background because that is exactly what happened to Shepard's team. And Shepard's the only one who makes it out alive. So that aside, that raises the question, just who the hell was Armiston Baines and why does no one want to talk about it? Not even Anderson. The guy who really clues us in on everything, even the less than savory background that he had with <laughs> Saren and all of the ba- and all of the drama that came of that, and how he ultimately lost his shot at becoming a Spectre. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's extremely forthcoming with Shepard and probably tells Shepard more than they should know given their their clearance, but doesn't want to talk about Baines. So it's extremely weird. And given what we know about Cerberus's origins, that the writers really first meant for them to be an Alliance Black Ops branch, Baines was probably a Cerberus agent and knew too much. He was killed and then left for dead on an empty space spaceship, and the team of Marines who found his body, who weren't supposed to find his body, they also end up dead. You gotta tie up those loose ends if you're Cerberus. But I'm interested in knowing how was it that a Krogan even knew the name of a top secret alliance contractor and a Cerberus agent, one that at that point had been dead a while, but most people didn't know. Right. How is it that a Krogan, a random Krogan on the Citadel and a blackmailer for some free medical supplies knows about Bane's name and enough to invoke it so as to get a reaction from Dr. Michelle? Right, right. It sounds a whole hell of a lot like Cerberus had their eyes on Dr. Michelle for some time and was trying to use that leverage that they could against her. So even though in Mass Effect 1, the writers hadn't fully fleshed out Cerberus being the enemy that they later grew into in in other games, they had their feelers everywhere from black site research outposts and the Artemis Tau cluster to Citadel medical clinics. Yeah, so, okay, so we have this connection between dr michelle and beans and there's something going on with cerberus like medical professional like i feel like there's still like there's like one other piece that's missing in here somewhere right and it's like unclear if she might be connected to cerberus at all or was she she previously part of Cerberus, and so was the krogan so they both knew but why would a krogan be part of Cerberus? like Right. They're all valid questions. And what if this little secret the blackmailer alluded to, uh, you know, about giving out uh, free medical supplies? What if that wasn't the little secret at all? Mm -hmm. That could be convenient. Who it was to, maybe even, but go on. Right. Or who it was to and what the medical supplies were. Right. That could be a very convenient white lie that Dr. Michelle tells Shepard so that they would help her get rid of this blackmailer. Right. That's true. That's true. Maybe or it's it could a be the truth. Yeah, it could go either way. But if the supplies were the end goal, Cerberus has so much resources. What could they want with free medical supplies that were meant for civilian use on the Citadel? 
Right. Unless it was like right at the, a specific time of specific need. Yeah, I guess. But, but at the same time, they yeah. still have so much resources and so much access. What could they possibly want with that? Right. So right. it also calls into question her later ties with the shadow broker and Fist. Why? Again, I reiterate, why does a civilian doctor on the wards with seemingly no backstory of merit have so many seedy connections to clandestine organizations? What was her work with Baines actually doing? She never elaborates on that. Right, right. Okay, so is this the, the last thing we hear of the doctor? Oh, no. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, but there's more. <laughs> this, is an there's info, more. this is an infomercial at this point, but, but there's, there's more. Way, there's more. Yeah. The sham wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go into that <laughs> spiel. We'll owe them money too. Yeah. Uh, if, if you've solved her blackmailing problem, we get an email in Mass Effect 2 thanking the player. But it's also an email where she appears to have a special interest in Senor Garrus. Uh, <laughs> now I've got this image of Garrus being this like gunslinging like Mexican cowboy. He's he's like a very burnt out Mexican PI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, dear o Commander Shepard. Hola. I, I, I don't know the Spanish. Do Hola, Doctor Michelle. <laughs> Doctor Michelle. Doctor yeah. Miguel. Me <laughs> I mean, stop the word. Okay. That's that's not right. That's not how that um, works. <laughs> All right, go on. Mi Hola, Doctor Miguelita. <laughs> 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 I'm imagining just Hispanic Garrus, which is even better. I guess I, now uh, I now I want all of the characters in Mass Effect in like a Western. Like it could work. Yeah, it could totally work. And Garrus would be like this badass Mexican cowboy with like you know like the 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 bullets strapped across his chest and El like Vaquero a Garos. and a big sombrero. <laughs> like oh man, that would that would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> here's how the letter goes, and it's not Hispanic uh, or in Spanish. Well, I suppose if you're playing the game in Spanish, it's probably in Spanish. But here, here's what the letter is in English. Uh, Dear Commander Shepard, I was relieved to hear that you were alive. I was devastated to hear of the destruction of the Normandy and those people who didn't make it off in time. After you went missing and were presumed dead, I feared I'd never see you or Garrus again. You and he did so much to help clean up the wards when you were hunting for Saren. The galaxy needs more people like you, and I'm glad that you're still here to protect those of us who have grown to depend upon both of you. Is Garrus with you again by any chance? <laughs> After being so happy to hear of your survival, I wondered if perhaps he might have ended up with you. I left a few messages on his public accounts, but you know how he is about checking his mail. And I don't think the comm address I had for him works anymore because he hasn't responded to any calls. Always so busy on his grand crusades, his great passions that he focuses on them to the exclusion of anything or anyone else. Anyway, if you know where he might be, I'd really love to hear from him. Or both of you could come by the next time you're near the Citadel. Thanks, Chloe Michelle. It sounds like she's an old girlfriend or something. She's into him. Yeah. Okay, so that's Mass Effect 2. What about Mass Effect 3? Does she show back up in, in that? Oh, she does. We can run into her on the Citadel at the hospital. So she comes back, and so does her love for Garrus. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we have a clip here. Here's what we can overhear while deploying on a mission with Garrus and Tally during Mass Effect 3. All right, once we're aboard, we find whatever's broadcasting the Reaper signal and shut it down. Tally's our expert on Geth software. She'll be handling hacking and security. Good to have you back, Tally. And maybe with another Dextro aboard, they'll get better Turian food. As long as it's sterilized. Dr. Michelle did get me some Dextro amino chocolate. You're welcome to it once we're back. She got you Turian chocolate? She said she saw it and thought of me. Why? Watch yourself, Shepard. So that clip is if you have romanced or are romancing Garrus. Yeah, um, that you because, can tell. So, yeah. yeah, so Tally, Tally's trying to look out for Shepard and be like, oh, watch yourself. I'm on to this girl. Um, but it's interesting because even if you're not romancing Garrus, uh, let's say you're you know, a bro Shep, mm-hmm. Tally and Garrus can end up together. If you're not romancing Tally either, and Tally gets very jealous of it, <laughs> so either way, Tally's cluing in on this. Nice. Um, and I found that interesting. So it's a, it's a, it's another. You know, seemingly on the surface, it's just the continuation of this, of this love that Doctor Michelle has for Garrus, uh, who doesn't really. Um, <laughs> but just in case you're like me, and you never recruit. Uh, Dr. Michelle on the hospital on the Citadel anyway, and I always go with Chakwas instead. Go figure. Uh, (laughs) So here's what she tells us when she settles in on the Normandy, which I think probably a lot of people haven't heard. So here's this clip. How are you settling in, Doctor? Good. I've been busy restocking supplies and running diagnostics. It's nice working alone in a fresh lab. I get to set up everything just the way I want. Anyway, now that you're here, I'd like to examine you. Do you have concerns about my health? You have an extensive number of cybernetic implants. I died. Cerberus spent a fortune bringing me back. I know. I just want to make sure everything checks out. It'll take no time. It doesn't hurt to be safe. It won't hurt, will it? No, no, nothing invasive. I just need to run some implant diagnostics and take readings of your immune system. Your implants are doing quite nicely. Little sign of rejection. Keep up your current outlook and your scar shouldn't return. Thank you for indulging me. Everything looks fine. May I help you at all? Do you have any family? My parents are on Earth. Geneva. The news isn't good. I'm sorry. But my brother is safe on the Citadel. I'll count my blessings where I can. How does working on a military vessel compare to your Citadel clinic? It's a completely different experience. I like that I have fewer patients under my care. I can really focus and get to know each person. But the workday never ends here. I don't get to go home. I'm always on call. But you're making a real difference. So by being here, I'm making a difference too. Do we have enough medical supplies? Luckily, the med bay was one of the first areas the retrofit team stocked. That's fortunate. Who knows how long we'll have to be self-sufficient. Just let me know if you need anything. I will. So, 
That is seemingly innocuous, right? Doesn't sound too much different from Dr. Chakwas uh, when she's on the Normandy, minus the difference of the personal details with her family in Geneva. You know, but regardless, it sounds like she's no longer fraught with this intrigue and in the middle of gang fights and shit, but <laughs> she's just harmless. Mm-hmm. Well, in case you thought that, uh, or that all mention of her shady past was over with, and she's just this innocuous Citadel NPC that you can bring on the Normandy, well, think again, because you may have missed this more interesting piece of dialogue if you recruit her. You've had run-ins with Cerberus? Vaguely. Years ago, I worked with a man named Armistan Baines. I thought he was with the Alliance, but found out later he was a Cerberus agent. I shudder to think how long Cerberus has planted covert operatives on the Citadel. Whoa. What? Covert <laughs> operatives on the Citadel? Yeah, right? And that's what I clued in on, too. And Baines, Baines is named right there, too. Like, Right. Mm-hmm. So is Baines really dead? Right, or are other people implants that he put on the Citadel, <clears throat> Dr. Michelle? Right. Yeah, is that is this like a cat and mouse game to her? What the hell is this? So, I like I said, you only get this dialogue if you do a couple things. You recruit her over Chakwas, and then you gotta go visit the crew quarters right after the Sirkesh mission is finished, and Morden or Paddock Wicks is temporarily aboard the Normandy. So you get a couple of uh, prerequisites you have to fulfill if you want to get this dialogue. But then we hear it from Michelle herself. Baines was with Cerberus. But it makes me wonder, if you don't recruit Michelle, then after the Cerberus coup attacked, you know, what happens to her? Because uh, I've done a little bit of research, I've asked around, and I'm pretty sure that if you leave Dr. Michelle on the Cerberus, or on, on the Citadel, on the Cerberus. Then <laughs> after the Cerberus coup attack, she vanishes. Or even more question, if she doesn't vanish, why? Why did Cerberus spare her? But I really, I'm pretty sure that she vanishes. And if she does vanish, is the implication that Cerberus has abducted her or killed her? And if she is a loose end, if she has those connections to Cerberus, she would be on a list. Right. Or... Uh, they take her back and they save her that would be the other option that would be the other option yeah like what if this whole time she's been true to their cause she's like a a secret agent there's also previous Cerberus operatives like Kelly Chambers who they do take out Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't they don't mess around and extract her for information I'm pretty sure they kill her yeah Uh, so but regardless I reiterate why does a civilian doctor on the wards with seemingly no backstory have so many of these connections to clandestine organizations and how does she either end up all right in the end or why is she killed by Cerberus during the coup? Why did she leave it completely vague with Shepard what she worked on with Baines, who she later admits was a Cerberus operative, and there's apparently Cerberus, like she wonders how many Cerberus operatives there are on the Citadel. Of course, that could just be foreshadowing about the Citadel coup to come. Mm-hmm. But, okay, consider this for a second. Why did she try to seduce the one Citadel security investigator who entered in her crosshairs who, who she entered in their crosshairs right yeah. she entered in yeah. his crosshairs right. 
while he was investigating corruption. Right. So there's not really enough evidence to indict her with anything, per se, or really to prove anything other than she hasn't been completely forthcoming. But it is enough to make you wonder. Yes, yes. Sadie Cakes in chat says, Meanwhile, listening to this episode slowly and suspiciously puts on tinfoil hat. This yeah. is one of those, there, there's a bunch of stuff that seems to add up to something. And also, and we mentioned this in previous episodes, this is fiction. Nothing is put in here without some purpose, right? Like, yes, there's a, there's a lot of t- connective tissue and yet no definitive answer. Yes. So I, I posit the question to everyone. How likely is it that Dr. Michelle is just this innocent doctor where we, where she really does, she really is the character who we think she is, where she's just this innocent doctor who was seemingly the victim of being swept up by circumstance so many separate times mm-hmm. into being, you know, somehow knows the shadow broker and fist, but really had the best of intentions and just thought that Tally could be protected by them. Also somehow worked on maybe an innocuous project with Dr. Baines at some point. I don't even know if he's a doctor. Armisen Baines at some point (laughs) just through circumstance happened to be connected to this guy who is so intriguing and was a Cerberus operative, ends up dead, ends up being the cause of death for for an entire Alliance Marine team and a rear admiral at some point. And through all of this circumstance, also tries to seduce the Citadel investigator who may have or may not have discovered details about her past. Right, right. And then ultimately gains access to the Normandy if you recruit her. And if you don't recruit her, vanishes after the Cerberus coup and we don't know what happened. So so how likely is it that she really is just as innocent as she pretends to be? And all of these things just happened right. to her. These are all coincidences. Yeah. Uh, Paragon points in chat says, one time I heard the Bane's Mass Effect 1 story thread was supposed to be the beginning of a canceled DLC. Maybe. That would have been incredibly interesting and yeah. it would have explained a lot. Um, but they bring up Armiston Baines again in Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Is that a writing callback and nothing more? Why make a point to keep bringing it up? Right. right? Like, especially um, when it doesn't have anything else to do with any of the other main plots that are uh, that you're tying up the ends with. You know, like there's so yeah. much to tie up in Mass Effect 3. Why? Why even write this in? Yeah. It's it's a weird and it's probably just meant to be a little intriguing detail, uh, but something within me says there's more. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, this has been super fun, and I'm sure a lot of people out there now have new headcanon or <laughs> tinfoil hats at least. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for digging into this one. This was really cool, Sam. Do you have anything else you want to share before we head out, wrap up the episode? I'm streaming right after this live stream. Uh, I'm doing my, I'm continuing my first Fim Rider playthrough of Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I have been modding it, so I've been referring to it as Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a dad joke, and I'll leave. Oh, but no. yeah, I'm doing that. So if you're watching live stream, stick around um, and follow me on Twitch at In Seven The Legend. Same handle on Twitter for as long as that's around. And uh, I'll be streaming my Neutral Shepherd playthrough. Uh, that'll be tomorrow. We're recording this on a Friday. I, I do that on Saturdays. Uh, so I'll be streaming that then. 
And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're we're the next week. We're taking off because it's Christmas uh, week, and I'll be traveling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then uh, we'll be back what, together what, with the patrons on. Uh, we'll do that on the thirtieth. So it's not Christmas Eve. It's not New Year's Eve. It's somewhere in between. Hopefully that works out for everybody. So if you are one of our patrons and can join us on Friday night, the 30th, that'll be the next episode. And let's get chatting about what we want to talk about. Um, I've got. Oh, oh, go ahead. I almost forgot to mention. Mm -hmm. This is why Dr. Michelle is the true Dr. Chocolates, because she's the one who offers chocolates to Garrus. So she is the true Dr. Chocolates. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, Cool. I've got uh, my shows and all the other shows on the network over at robotsradio.net. If you go to the store, the little shop on the website, everything is 20% off right now. T-shirts, including the Battle Turtle Buddies t-shirt with Rex and Grunt and a little cartoon shirt I have on, on the site. I've basically gotten a different supplier, gotten the prices down, and then taken another 20% off. I'm, I'm giving them away a cost, basically. So if you want one of the shirts, I can't make it cheaper than this. This is the cheapest it's going to be. So head on over there. Go check out the shirts. And um, I hope you guys enjoy this for the holidays. Thanks for joining us, everybody. This has been super fun. And until next time, stay safe out there in the galaxy. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.